Hello, I'm Russell Shaw, a Senior Market Specialist at FXM. Welcome to FXM Market Talk, your trading and finance podcast. Since 1999, FXM has provided global traders access to the world's largest and most liquid markets. Keep listening to get our quality market commentary and analysis. Hello everyone and welcome to FXM Market Talk, your trading and finance podcast. Today is Monday, it's the 18th of July. My name is Russell Shaw, I'm a senior market specialist at FXM and joining me is my colleague and fellow senior market specialist, Nick Sabrus. Just before I bring Nick in, just want to reiterate that the conversation that Nick and I have is a general commentary only, it's certainly not investment advice, so please don't take it as that. And I would encourage you to listen all the way to the end. We'll have our regional disclaimers um, right at the end of the podcast. Okay, with that um, said, Nick, how are you? Hi, Russell. All good. Hi to our listeners. Uh, we had a, we're coming out of, uh, from a like, big week in terms of news and developments, and we have another big um, week going on currently. So we, we have a lot to unpack in today's podcast, right? Yeah, a lot to talk about, Nick. A lot yeah. to talk about. Um, it obviously begs the question, where do we start? But I think, I think the best place for us to start is with inflation. I think inflation is really um, a key theme at the moment. We had the um, US CPI out last week. What's your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, another big jump. Uh, headline CPI uh, was 9.1 year over year in June, uh, and it hit new for decade highs. So definitely uh, a hot report, right? Very, very hot report. Um, I noticed that um, it was quite broad-based as well. It wasn't sort of just one area that was dominating, but it was fairly broad-based. Um, yeah. And it was another big number. Uh, what's different, though, is that after the previous big number, we saw the, um, the Fed uh, going with uh, a bigger-than-expected rate hike. But yeah. now... Uh, Fed officials seems to, you know, keep their cool uh, around the number, and I'm saying this because we had uh, Fed's Waller uh, and Bullard both super hawks and both voters, uh, and they actually, uh, you know, backed another 70, uh, 75 uh, base points um, increase in next week's meeting. So, and they didn't, uh, you know, support. A full percentage uh, yeah. point, uh, and uh, although we do need to say that Waller said that uh, he would need to look at the retail sales data, which were out on uh, Friday, and uh, this week's housing data, and if this would come, as he said, materially uh, stronger than expected, then he could lean towards a larger hike, a larger one. 75 basis points so definitely uh, interesting so what do you think we had the retail um, sales uh, last week what do you think yeah so uh, retail sales came out on friday um, the headline number 
uh, month on month, they were looking at 0.9, came out at 1%. So at first glance, it looks like a robust number, but uh, we must remember it's a nominal number. So when you when you adjust for inflation, not really keeping up with, with inflation. So I don't think it's strong enough for what is uh, full 100 bips. I, I think we're looking at 75. Yeah. Uh, I believe with you. I agree, sorry, with you. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Waller agrees with you, but markets, <laughs> de- but, but, but markets definitely do agree with you uh, because we saw the, the reaction uh, in the Fed pricing. For me, it, it's a tall order to go uh, with a full percentage point, and they didn't, um, uh, you know, they didn't prepare markets for such. I mean, they they had if they wanted to uh, say, listen, we'll go with one full percentage point. They they could have done it. They did not do it. Of course, we do have more than a week essentially until the next meeting. Um, and but we're in a communication blackout period until then. So they had their chance. They didn't. Uh, if Bullard doesn't say one. One percent. If Waller doesn't say one percent, then I don't see how we can see one uh, percent uh, hike. The Fed, the Fed uh, funds futures now, Nick. What what they yeah. at? They're about seventy um, percent probability, I think. Yeah. So the thing is that last week um, we had after the hot CPI report, we saw them uh, pricing in a full percentage point yeah. with around eighty percent probability. But yeah. then we saw that. Fed speak, uh, you know, reined in markets, Fed official reined in markets, yeah. and they lowered uh, their expectations. And and uh, they now, uh, and, and of course, the retail sales data uh, didn't, um, you know, uh, hike those expectations again. So now we stand uh, on the Fed, on CME's uh, Fed watch tool at um, a 75 basis uh, point for uh, the upcoming meeting. Uh, with around seventy um, percent uh, probability, a little less. Yeah, as we just, speak. I think just something uh, perhaps related. I don't think it's um, important one way or the other. But the Unifer- <coughs> excuse me, the University of Michigan's inflation expectation was also slightly down. So yeah. previous previous reading five point three, it came in this time at five point two. I don't um, I don't think it's particularly important, but it's just interesting that there's some moderation there as well. Um, so for a brief moment, for a very brief moment, um, we were pricing in a hundred basis points. Um, I think a large reason for that, maybe Bank of Canada. What's your thoughts there? Yeah, so I think this played a role because Bank of Canada, and if our listeners remember last week, we had talked about how uh, there was a, a repricing there. Markets started thinking that maybe they would go not with a 50 uh, BPS uh hike but with the 75 but they ended up going even more and they did deliver a full percentage point uh the bank of england last week and that probably played in bank of canada bank of canada Canada, sorry yeah yeah, bank of canada and that probably did play uh into this um heightened expectations around the fed um as well so that was a a big move from, from uh from back of Canada, it was the biggest in nearly 24 years. It, it was it was um, astounding. It, it, it I just yeah. one thing. Just I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, yeah. I was looking at the markets, and of course, um, you know, just prior to the uh, Bank of Canada release, we had an exceptionally um, rampant dollar, um, and it was a broad sort of um, um, dollar move. And then all of a sudden, we had the surprise and a very much a surprise. I mean, we talked about a swivel from 50. Now we on 100. And um, 
the dollar had a broad pullback. So we saw yeah. not just the Canadian um, reacting, but it was a broad reaction. So that was very, very interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. But uh, we have to note, though, that the, the sort of the, the statement was a bit dovish because essentially they said that they decided to front load the path uh, to higher rates, but they removed some of the more hawkish references about where we go from here. Uh, it's obviously going to be hard to, to sustain, to, to go with another full percentage point, though, right? Um, just want to just want to introduce perhaps uh, for this week, we are going to get CPI. I mean, one of the interesting, I think, remarks from the statement, um, I think, was that uh, uh, I think over half of the basket is rising over five percent. Something, something, um, something like that. We're going to have CPI this week, aren't we, Nick? Yeah, but before. So we already had, uh, before we move into that, we need to also touch on the um, on New Zealand and their central bank. Now, today we had uh, their inflation release uh, for the first quarter, which was 7.3 um, for the second quarter, sorry, which was 7.3 year over year, percent, which is the highest level since uh, January 2016. And given the new CPI print that we just discussed, they obviously have m- more room to go even though they're by far the most focused central bank of the majors one. They, they started off the uh, tightening cycle, the first, uh, yeah. the first uh, industrial uh, exactly. central bank to, to start it. So we've got a, we've got a, um, a, a CPR there that is um, higher than forecast. I just want to tie this in with the Canadian CPI and we'll sort of cl- close off um, we'll close off sort of the RBNZ and, and BOC on that topic. The inflation expectations come out. We've got a whole slew of, expect, uh, of CPR. Uh, we'll talk about the others in a moment, but I just want to tie the, the Bank of Canada back, uh, the, the CPR for Canada Bank to the 100 basis points. Um, any, any, any expectations around the uh, BOC, uh, I think around the Canadian CPI? Yeah, I'm, I mean, we're probably going to get it. A bigger number than the previous one. Uh, the previous uh, was at 7.7% uh, year over year headline CPI, which was the highest since 1983. So inflation is definitely very high there as well. Yeah, and, it's interesting. Yeah, there's no so forecast on, on the calendars we look at. There's no forecast, so we, yeah, we kind of measure it with the with the previous, right? Yeah, they're probably gonna. It's probably gonna go higher. I mean, it would be a surprise if it didn't go higher than on the previous one, I guess, but we're going to have to wait and see. Um, earnings season kicked off last week, Nick. Uh, we had the, well, the first one was, of course, um, Delta. I know that you yeah. you, look, you look at Delta. Um, and then we had um, JP Morgan. Uh, we had uh, Morgan Stanley. Uh, City last week, Wells Fargo. What's your, what's your thoughts on the, uh, the kickoff? Yeah, so Delta Airlines had another strong quarter. I mean, it's for me, it's an important sector. Uh, as you know, we try to, uh, as the world move, moves away from the pandemic, and it, overall, there were good results. Uh, the revenue uh, was almost fully restored to pre-pandemic level, uh, missed just by one percent uh, compared to second quarter of 2019, and that's what airlines do. They measure it of with a pre-pandemic period because. Essentially, within the pandemic, there yeah, was yeah. nothing, <laughs> no activity, right? Yeah. So, good number. Uh, but there were some uh, 
signals there of caution and of course we've, we see what's going on ar around airports we see what's going on with uh, fuel costs and all that stuff and then regarding banks uh, we had talked about how how they were probably going to take a hit in their profitability and they did uh, i mean uh jpm uh year over year profits dropped 28 percent similarly for for city uh, but uh, there was another uh, things that, that stood out on JPM side, right? Regarding buybacks. Well, exactly. Um, they are suspending buybacks. Uh, two, two, two thoughts there. Number one, it's uh, I think a result of the stress test um, that the Fed um, implemented. They they want the banks to be um, have 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 the reserves, and I think the fact that um, they are okay with suspending. That's a bearish signal. I mean, why buy something if you can get it cheaper a little bit later down the road, right? Yeah, I think they're probably going to be in for some uh, for some uh, pain, perhaps. Uh, it's a tough situation for buying um, at this stage and for the for the stock market in general. So yeah, I mean, have... the, the inverted the inverted yield curve is going to play. Uh, with, play with the the bank margin, so it's definitely it's not a it's not a um, it's not an easy time for them. Yeah, and again, I mean, we generally speak how higher rates are better for banks, obviously, but not the short term uh, one. They care about more for the longer Correct. run ones. Uh, yeah. And the Fed, we've we've said how it has a front loaded uh, tightening path. Essentially, they see most of the hikes happening this year, so. Yeah, and uh, what? Just one last thing, and then we'll move on to this week. Just with regards with Delta, something that um, I just remembered now. Going through the CPI, when we said the inflation was broad based, one of the areas where um, inflation had actually come down, yeah. airline, airline tickets. Airlines. But yeah. I think I yeah. think you're quite correct there. Uh, you can't really look at the immediate period. It's it's not apples with apples, right? So. Yeah. Uh, just an uh, interesting, um, let's just call it trivia, but um, let's let's just move, I think, let's move on to this week because yeah. um, this is a big week as well. Yeah, inflation again. Like we talked how inflation from the United States was a big thing last week. We do have uh, more inflation um, data points uh, this week. We already talked about um, the, the New Zealand that was already out today. Uh, we talked about uh, Canada's CPI, which is out on Wednesday. Yes. We also have UK out on Wednesday. That's a big one for me too, uh, because like it's shockingly high. Inflation is shockingly high um, uh, in the UK. Uh, the previous release for May was the last last data we have is nine point one year over year, uh, yes. which is again decades high. Uh, and uh, they, they, did, they did say they reckon um, at some yeah. stage they're going to hit double double digits, didn't they? Yeah, not only double digits, eleven percent later in the year. So <laughs> it's definitely big, you know. Uh, also, so, just in this in this conversation, I think it's worth bringing up when the um, when the central bankers met. I think it was last week. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before in Portugal. Yeah. In I mean, the fact of the matter is, um, if there is a need to raise, um, you know, they they'll raise in the UK. That was made clear yeah. in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they, they said how they're in a difficult uh, spot. But 
I don't think they're ready to pause, but if they didn't hike 50 the previous time, why hike 50 now? Because they're doing 25, 25, 25, which I, I don't know if it's, if it's proving to be a good strategy. But of course, the Bank of England is notorious for these small increments. So, or known for, I don't know, notorious, maybe it's the wrong word. Um, <laughs> and uh, we also have Japan inflation as well. So the important figure there, the one that the bank tracks is the CPI Express Food, uh, which actually jumped above uh, the bank's target in April, stayed there in May, and it's expected to stay uh, above uh, 2% um, uh, on Friday when it's released as well. Um, I'll tell you but, something there, yeah. just, just, a, just a comment, Mick, uh, and just give me your thoughts there. I think that the... Uh, because the Japanese economy has absolutely battled deflation for so long, it's almost had a psychological effect, hasn't it? Um, when, with, when we start talking about inflation, it's such an odd conversation to have with regards to Japan. But do you think that's part of the reason why the BOJ has uh, maintained its, its dovishness while everyone else is going hawkish? It's definitely a big part. I mean, you know, when you have a problem uh, of deflation, once you see inflation start picking up, uh, you don't say, oh, yeah, okay, now inflation is very high. Let's do something about yeah, you it. You welcome it, right? Yeah, and it's not that high. I mean, it is above the bank's target, but it's, it was just 2.1 and it may go a little bit higher. But it has nothing, it's nothing compared to what the, the other countries are facing. Yeah. Right, so... Yeah, that uh, that's definitely a consideration. And Good, uh, yeah. just on the inflation, have... just on the inflation, you mentioned yeah. EU. The reason I'm just yeah. highlighting that is because we also have yeah, exactly. ECB. Uh, can you tie the the EU inflation with perhaps the ECB meeting on Thursday? Yeah, exactly. So we already had. So that's the, we're expecting um, on Tuesday the final uh, numbers for June inflation. Uh, the preliminary was eight point six, record high. Uh, headline CPI year over year, um, and uh, now we're expecting on Thursday of a um, rate decision. Mm -hmm. So they've they've very clearly communicated uh, that they're going uh, with rate liftoff, but of just twenty five basis points. Um, do you think they can go higher, Nick? Sorry, uh, I know so, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. Do, do you think they can go higher? No, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for me, they're in a bind because yeah. on the one hand, they have like super high inflation, um, which calls for more aggressive action. Uh, but on the other hand, you have recession fears, mostly because of Russia and Europe's dependency um, uh, on oil and gas from Russia. Yeah. Uh, and there's also fear that they're going to cut them off. Uh, you know, we have this, we have the Nord Stream um, uh being shut down for maintenance, and there's fears that they're not gonna turn the taps uh, on. Um, uh, but on the other hand, we've seen the euro dropping very low mm -hmm. uh, because it does party, and yet, and yes, it has bounced a little bit, but it is very low, and that actually drives uh, up inflationary pressures. Mm -hmm. But it also helps with export, thus maybe helping avoid a recession, like in a very, you know streamed uh, like in a very simplistic way so th they, there's these there are these competing forces but i'll tell you one thing uh is for sure that many on the ecb board want a bigger hike now 
can can they actually go there? It, it's it's not easy with a bigger hike, but it's not only a matter if they're gonna go with it. Uh, even if they do hike by 25 points, points, is it going to be unanimous? What leaks are we going to see after that in typical ECB fashion? And what is um, uh, President Lagarde going to say around the matter? So it's definitely a lot there going on. Uh, I don't know what's your take. I thought um, uh, concerns about the, the, the fraction, uh, the factions, I beg, I beg pardon, the factions, uh, we've already we can already see the political turmoil in um, in Italy. Uh, what would a fifty basis point increase as opposed to twenty five basis points due to the political instability there? Maybe there's a question mark. Um, I think that they are banking on a. Uh, they won't come out and say this, but I think they are banking on a on a weaker euro to help. With with global trade at the moment, global trade's completely destroyed. I mean, I took a look at the German current account, and it's it's deteriorated terribly. And I think that um, uh, subject to correction, but I think that for the first time in something like 30, 30 years, the imports is higher than the exports. So so a weak euro is important. You want to you want to reestablish that that sort of equilibrium where where you yeah. export export positive. And I think. The fact that you've got the, the the factions, the fact that you've got um, now um, you you want to um, stoke the the flame of that that export market, um, it brings the question in: Does the market really believe that the ECB can reach reach neutral? I'm not sure they can. Yeah, and I don't think they can with 25 basis points hike. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, I, and this what is different for me. It seems that, uh, like, both the United States and the and Europe may be actually better off, at least for now, uh, with the lower um, uh, currency exchange. Uh, but again, it's for how long? But yeah, one yeah. thing is for sure that they haven't uh, said they haven't talked the euro up. That's for sure. Of course, if they wanna drive the euro higher, the easiest solution, <laughs> the most straightforward, is to simply go and um, and uh, hike by more. <laughs> Although I need to say that uh, the euro has showed remarkable resilience around parity. Yeah. I think and I think we've maybe got to be there careful. was some reserve re rebalancing there. Yeah, I think I think, I think we, we've got to be very banks. careful. We had, we had we had kind of a nexus here, aren't we, Nick? So, I think a fifty basis point set that that's a huge communication to the market right there. It's probably impossible to do, but or well, never say never, right? But from 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 a central bank that was really you know didn't offer much in terms of of market news. Of course, you wanted. To, to listen to the to the press conferences previously, and you you were always interested, but you were never really of any doubt where they were going to go. All of a sudden, it becomes increasingly interesting. Thursday is a is a key date in uh, this week's calendar, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And we don't only have the the central bank; we also have another bank earlier on Thursday at the beginning of the. Day. Uh, of the day there uh, with the Bank of Japan. Now, of course, that's probably not going to have anything uh, like super shocking. <laughs> but uh, again, we said that they've maintained their ultra-dovish stance. 
last month they did so and uh, they didn't react to, to higher inflation but of course we do need to keep um uh you know track of potential language changes uh, or any other reference to to the uh to, to the fx rate or on the yield curves and all that stuff so definitely we need to uh pay close attention to that as well but it would be a surprise if they did something you know noteworthy um, I, 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 would, I would agree i would agree and just just like the ecb has become very interesting i think the bank of japan also it was a snooze fest before all of a sudden yeah. now uh, you know you you've, we've got to listen to what they say specifically they they are defending the 25 basis points on their jgbs and uh, we just want to monitor the language because you know, if they stop defending that, what happens to the yen? So, so the point yeah. is, it, it's a really, really interesting time in the markets right now. And, and I think probably if they are at some point begin shifting, it's probably gonna be on the on the yield curve uh, control side. Yeah, yeah. There are a few other um, key. I, I would say they key. I think this is a very important week for for data points there's a few other things on the calendar what are you looking at yeah so we, we have many um, many more releases essentially which wouldn't we wouldn't necessarily talk about but uh given where we are they mm -hmm. do have the potential to, to cause some market movement and play uh, and you know uh being considered from policymakers. so one which we wouldn't necessarily talk about is the u.s housing uh data which are on tuesday but Waller put focus on them uh, with we, with what we discussed earlier. So yeah. there is some yeah. uh, importance there. Uh, we also have uh, employment from from the UK. That's mm -hmm. on Tuesday, uh, and then Friday is also uh, um, a loaded day because we have retail sales from Canada and the UK, and we also have some PMIs. What uh, what are your thoughts on on this? Anything particular you're looking at, or just? Waiting and see what, uh, what we get. Said, everything you've said, I would um, say are key items. I would just add from my side, uh, I'm always looking um, at the um, uh, initial unemployment claims now. Just, oh, yeah. I, th I think we Definitely. just want to see how they, uh, the trajectory given, given the macroeconomic um, environment. But very heavy calendar um, on the economic side. But it's not only that, there's a lot of earnings this week, Nick. What are yeah. you looking at in terms of the earnings? Yeah, so things kicked off last week, but they're now heating up. Uh, it's it's the tech sector that's in focus. Uh, first, uh, for me, it's Netflix. It's on Tuesday. Uh, obviously, the subscriber numbers update is going to be a key focal point uh, because let's remind our listeners that uh, in the previous quarter, they had lost uh, 200... Uh, uh, thousand users, and, uh, and, and, they and, had... and it hit their share price, didn't it, Nick? I mean, I think yeah. over the next few days we Definitely. stopped forty percent or something ridiculous. Definitely took a beating, yeah. uh, and not only that, but they had projected the loss of two million subscribers for the quarter they're going to report now. So definitely, definitely uh, a key uh, focus on the subscriber numbers, mm -hmm. but also other things because now they're trying to move into uh, lower. Uh, Priced uh, subscription tiers uh, with advertisements. So let's see if we get any update around that as well. Um, we also have Tesla, the yeah. king of the EV market. Yeah. They, they. Uh, I mean, they've 
probably done better than anyone else in the in the auto industry but they they their deliveries are already out for the second quarter and they dropped uh, compared to the previous um, record highs uh, so definitely a lot to towards uh, towards there as well and um, do you think twitch is worth watching yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's necessarily worth. I mean, obviously it's worth watching. I don't know um, if it's if if their figures are that important, but it definitely we definitely need to uh, to look at them. And um, uh, mostly, it's what's going on with um, uh, the merger agreement with uh, Elon Musk, acquisition deal. Let's remind our uh, listeners again that uh, essentially. Uh, Mr. Musk said that he's pulling off the deal, yeah. but uh, Twitter board is uh, dedicated, let's say, in uh, close in enforcing the agreement. They and they sued, uh, and they sued him in order to enforce the merger. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. as we said, uh, that was the fact that he decided to pull out of the agreement wasn't probably going to be the last episode and in this been, saga, been, and it is not. They've been quite aggressive, aren't they? I think, I can't remember which state they um, they effectively filed the um, the claim with, but but that particular state is quite quite fast in their uh, judicial process, and uh, so uh, Twitter's been quite aggressive here in their, uh, yeah. in, their in this. Um, yeah, and it's, it's not going to be easy, though, perhaps to, to, to enforce such a big merger, but some, we may not go to that, but there may be other solutions that you parties may come to another agreement. But I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm always looking for another buyer. Uh, and there are many companies in the tech sector that are sitting on a pile of cash. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just good Microsoft. Is, Microsoft, is, is, is one, Microsoft is, is one that, I, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that pops into my mind. Hey, folks, you heard it here first. No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell you, also, um, just to, to wrap up here, um, tech is very sensitive to interest rates, so we, we want to listen to their forward guidance. Um, Nick, anything else on your agenda? I, I just want to say one more thing. Uh, we talked about all, all these potentially market-moving events. Uh, caution is... Definitely, we have many data points, many decisions uh, like ECB. Okay? We've talked about how such um, such announcements have many components and they can lead to uh, a two-way action. So, and, and we seem to be on the verge of some things, uh, both in terms of policies, both in terms of market moves. So definitely, uh, we need to say that again, caution is definitely needed. Fantastic, Nick. Brilliant as always. Thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. Um, Thank just you. Want to, just want to remind our uh, listeners, um, just um, if you can listen to our regional disclaimers, uh, they'll come up next. Uh, thanks very much, Nick. Uh, speak to you uh, in a week's time. Thank you. FXCM Limited, www.fxcm.com forward slash UK. CFDs are complex instruments and come with a high risk of losing money rapidly due to leverage. 66% of retail investor accounts lose money when trading CFDs with this provider. You should consider whether you understand how CFDs work and whether you can afford to take the high risk of losing your money. FXM Australia. You can sustain a total loss of deposits. Please refer to our PDS at www.fxm.com forward slash au. FXM South Africa. Trading on margin carries risk. 
www.fxcm.com forward slash ZA. FXCM markets, losses can exceed deposits. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, or other information contained in this podcast is provided on an as-is basis as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice.